morning. The Old Testament reading for this morning is from the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle reading is from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, therefore, he was, ta he was taken... Now before, sorry, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. By faith Abram, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith Sarah herself received the power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, 
that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. These are great readings that we have today paired together here. Um, thinking about uh, the, the text for the sermon is actually the gospel lesson, but, but uh, this passage from Hebrews is so wonderful. We, we get this glimpse of all of these heroes of the faith, is what we would probably call them. Uh, you know, Noah... Uh, building the ark, um, uh, he, he was building that for uh, like a hundred years, honestly, and preaching at the same time in that, and we look back at that and say, what faith he must have had for all that time. Uh, I, have, I have trouble having faith for a day or a week or something like that, you know, waiting for something that's promised to me a month or a year out, let alone a hundred years, and I'm sure God didn't say, look, in a hundred years it's going to happen. And then uh, Abraham, you know, the promises we know from, from the Bible there that I think the first promise of the child comes, and then it's 25 years before, I think, before 
God visits Abraham again and says next year she's going to have a child. So what faith these guys must have had. But at the same time, day to day, I'm sure they thought about it. I know Abraham did because they were trying to get this child to promise some other way. Right? So I know that they worried about it. I know they were anxious about things. And it kind of fits with our gospel lesson today. I, I uh, used to watch Little House on the Prairie. Maybe some of you did too. We used to really enjoy that, that show. And boy, I sure idolized that time period. And it's easy to look back in the past and idolize things like that. And yet, boy, life was hard. That was a really hard life. And sometimes they did portray that. But um, we live in a day today of such great convenience and luxury in comparison to what the people of the past had to live with and deal with. And it's said that time changes things, but time has not changed the fact that we worry. That they worried then and we worry today. There was a Gallup poll that was taken in 2015 and it listed the uh, worries of the American people and, and these are the things that you most worry about. And 54% said the availability and affordability of health care. And I, I won't le read all the percentages, they go down from there, down to 25%, that's the bottom, but I'll read the list of them. Uh, second place was the economy, very close second. Uh, possibility of future terrorist attacks in 2015 was pretty high. Social security system, the way income and wealth are distributed, hunger and homelessness, crime and violence, illegal immigration, drug use, unemployment, the quality of the environment, the availability and affordability of energy, race relations, and climate change. That's the list. Climate change was 25%. Six years later, in 2021, they did the same survey. Only one of those points of worry was lower. All of the others were the same or higher. And the only one that was, that was lower was the threat of terror attacks. Everything else went up, but some went up quite a bit. And those were race relations, hunger and homelessness, crime, the environment, energy, that probably includes the price of oil and that, and climate change. So it's interesting that in 2021 we are more worried than we were in 2015. After spending trillions of dollars over those years, how many trillions were spent in those six years? How, much, uh, how many politicians said, we're going to straighten this out, we're going to straighten that out, and today we are more worried than before. But you know, uh, as I read that list, I wonder how many of those are top on your priority list of worries today. Day to day, what do you worry about? Maybe nothing in that list. Maybe it's something a lot more uh, close to yourself. Uh, uh, you know, uh, family relations, a relationship with somebody, or you know, all kinds of different things. Uh, one thing that we human beings are good at is worrying. A woman who had lived a long time, long enough to know some important truths, once remarked, I've had a lot of trouble in my life, most of which never happened. 
Isn't that, isn't that true for us? All of the worry that we go through, and, and uh, as our scripture lesson says, can, have we even added one hour to our life with all of our worry? And Jesus tells this parable of the rich fool. Um, this was reading uh, two weeks ago. Uh, the guy who says, uh, I've got this bumper crop and I don't have any place to put it. What am I going to do? Oh, I'll tear down the barns, build bigger ones, and then I'll just be able to relax and enjoy life. I have taken care of everything. Uh, soul, be at rest. Talks to his soul. And then Jesus says, uh, that God says, you fool, tonight your life is required of you. So what have you stored up in heaven? It's all, you're storing up everything on earth. And, it, and we had that a couple of weeks ago. And then Jesus follows that with our reading today. He says to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or drink, what you'll, what, about your body, what you're going to put on. Life is more than food, the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they don't sow, they don't reap. They don't have storehouses and barns. You are so much more valuable than ravens. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to their life? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They don't toil, they don't spin, they don't make clothing for themselves. And yet even Solomon, in all of his glory, wasn't arrayed. Like I, God, array these lilies that are plucked up and put in the fire. Do not seek what you are to eat, what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your Father, remember we talked last week about the Lord's Prayer, that God says, call me your Father, and I will give you your daily bread, right? The world seeks after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. So in that Lord's Prayer, give us our daily bread. And Luther goes on to talk about what does that mean. It doesn't just mean our food. It means everything, our, our needs for the day. Father in heaven, give us our needs for this day. Right? We're not asking. Of course we want God to provide for our needs every day, but we should ask him every day, just give me today what I need. And trust that he will give me what I need for tomorrow also. In the small catechism, Luther says, daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Jesus says, consider the ravens. The ravens are scavengers. What do they go around and scavenge? Dead animals, right? The, the ravens are pecking at dead animals. Now, in, in the culture that, that they're hearing this from Jesus, of course, touching dead things is like a no-no, right? That is going to make you unclean. The ravens were unclean animals. And yet God takes care of them. Consider the lilies. We talked about that. The beauty of the flowers, of the, the wildflowers. Maybe some of you have gone looking for wildflowers and uh, appreciate in the mountains you go and you, you see the columbines and other flowers. They're so beautiful. Uh, why, why are there so many beautiful things in places where people can't even see them? 
Oh, that's very interesting. God just, just showers, just beauty all over the place. Two weeks ago, we also looked at Psalm 8. And part of that is fitting again for us this morning. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. What a contrast there is between us, between humans whom God made to be the crown of creation, between us and the raven or the lily. What a contrast. God made the whole world, the lilies, the ravens, the oceans, the forests, the great dinosaurs, the whales, the elephants, the little beetles, the ants, the butterflies. He prepared everything for us, for man, for the crown of creation. Be fruitful, he said. Multiply and subdue the earth and have dominion over it. All of it created for us. But we are, are fallen creatures, of course, and we have more fear than we have faith. And our worry is a sign of that. It's a result of doubt. Maybe we don't think about it that way, but it is. It's a faithless act. My worry, our worry, is really idolatry. It's the thought, maybe I should say it's the belief, that God is not there for me. He was yesterday, today, I don't know if he's going to be there for me. That he's not concerned for my life. Or that if he is concerned, maybe he's not able Maybe he's not able to give me the things that I need, the things that will sustain me. Or it's the belief that although he can provide for my needs, he doesn't want to. And then we go off, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not pleasing him enough. Maybe I haven't prayed enough. Maybe I didn't give enough offering. All of these kinds of thoughts of why would God be angry with me and not supply my needs? This is what worry is, being anxious for our lives. Now, I should say here, I'm not talking about something like a, an anxiety disorder or something like that. There are chemical imbalances. There are reasons why somebody might have a real issue with that. So I'm not really talking about that. I'm just talking about the everyday worry that we all engage in. I can look at myself and I can say, I have clothing, I have food, I have a good roof over my head. I can look back at my life and I can see that God has provided for, for me all of my life. I've never been without these things. And yet somehow, I think that I myself, or when I was young, maybe my parents were the ones providing them. By my own cunning, by my own planning, by my own hard work, by my own strength and ability, I have provided these things for myself. My future provisions are up in the air. That's kind of the way I think the worry goes for me. And I have taken care of myself up to this point, so now I, since I'm relying on myself, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, and I'm worried. 
about it. Since Adam and Eve engaged in that act of idolatry and fell into sin, each of their descendants, right down to you and me, each one has continued in that same sin, that same mistrust of God because Adam and Eve were there and they were saying, I don't think God has given me everything, right? There's more out there. I'm hearing about that from this serpent over here, Satan. He's telling me that there's more I should be reaching for. Uh, he must be right. I'm worried about this. I'm anxious. God's not going to provide everything I need. And it's idolatry. Mistrusting God. And just like Adam and Eve, we alienate ourselves from Him when we do that. But take heart, dear Christian friends, because He in His great love for us sent Jesus Christ to overcome our idolatrous sin even that sin of worry and mistrust. We've been in services in, in Lent, in the Lenten season, and maybe you have too, maybe on Good Friday when they've had a wooden cross up front and everybody's provided with uh, little pieces of paper and you're supposed to write a sin on there. You're confessing a sin. You don't show it to anybody, but you write it on there, maybe you fold it in half, and the whole congregation files forward and when they get up there, there's a nail, and a hammer and you hammer your piece of paper to the cross and it's a great image because God has literally taken all of your sins and placed them on Jesus nailed to the cross Jesus bore our sins in his body suffered and died to pay for them See, those sins are paid for. Even our sins of mistrust and worry are idolatry. It is paid for. We repent of our sins. We say, God, I am sorry that I am a sinner. I am sorry for these specific sins. Please forgive me. And God is happy to forgive you. It gives him such joy to say, that's why my son died. That's why I forsook him on the cross. That's why he suffered and bled and died and rose again so that your sins could be nailed to the cross so that your sins could be removed from you. God has clothed us in a more wonderful garment than even the lilies of the field. That garment, of course, is the garment of salvation, the robe of righteousness that Christ Jesus won for us when he suffered and died and rose from the dead. Our daily bread goes beyond our physical needs it goes even to our spiritual needs, forgiveness and eternal life. As the Father provides, even for us this morning, heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus in the Holy Supper, again for the forgiveness of our sins. Hear the tenderness and the compassion of God in Jesus' words when he says, Fear not, little flock. In Christ we have a loving shepherd and that shepherd knows in great detail every one of our needs. A shepherd who richly provides for all of them, not just forgiveness for our sins but also our daily bread and all that we need for this life. Fear not, little flock, Jesus says, 
For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, the whole kingdom. Faith is not us being confident or overcoming our fears and anxiety. It would be easy to make it that. You're worrying? Increase your faith. It's not about that. Faith is not being confident, not overcoming your fears and anxieties. Faith is not something that we work at, something that we create or something that we scrape together, muster up. This faith is simply receiving what God gives to you. Faith is recognizing that God is merciful, that God is generous, that God is the one providing for us. And when God is with us, who can be against us? So God invites us simply to trust in his provision, not trust in ourselves, but to trust that even when it looks bad, when it smells bad, that God is working, working for our good, working through all the circumstances of our life for our good. And he invites us this morning to remember that he is in control of all things like a shepherd is in control for his flock. And if we ever doubt that, he invites us to look at our baptism, where he made us his child, where he made us a little lamb, where he put his name on us and invited us into his fold. And he invites us to see Christ this morning coming to us again in the bread and the wine of communion, forgiving our sins, cleansing us from all unrighteousness. And he invites us to hear his word of promise that he is with us now and to the very end of the age, that he will never leave us or forsake us, and that he is coming back. He is coming again to take us home, to be with him forever. And when we do worry, which I am sure I will, and the Holy Spirit reminds us of our idolatry, that same Holy Spirit will remind us also of the blood shed for us, shed by Jesus on the cross, blood that covers each and every one of our sins, including our worry. So fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.